0: Welcome to the Unconventional Ministry Podcast. I'm Dennis Weens, your host with Sat7USA. Each week I invite a guest to join me on the podcast to share their unconventional and innovative ministry approach. So please check out previous episodes and be sure to subscribe to the Unconventional Ministry Podcast so that you don't miss a week's episode. Please leave a comment as well, because the topic that touches you will maybe be meaningful to your friends as well. I want to thank my sponsor, SAT7USA. SAT7USA is a Middle East and broadcast media ministry based in the Middle East and North Africa, making the gospel available to everyone in the Middle East and North Africa. Learn more at SAT7USA.org. That's SAT7USA.org. In the face of uncertain financial future, most mission agencies only pay lip service to the dire need for a well-reported story of God working around the world through incredible different organizations. Most agencies prioritize budgets and staffing priorities and neglect telling good stories. My guest today has researched this and is joining me to explain the reasons for this lip service, the challenges, and provide some solutions. My guest is Heather Pibholz. She has worked with Wycliffe Bible Translators as well as Wycliffe Global Alliance. She is an experienced nonprofit communication leader, a passionate storyteller. She's visited 50 different countries, and she, in 2018, she launched Le Motif, an agency committed to helping Christian nonprofits effectively tell their story. She's also the editor of the Evangelical Mission Quarterly, a publication of the Missile Nexus, which is the former IFMA-EFMA merger and rebranding that is now Missile Nexus. So, Heather, welcome to the Unconventional Ministry Podcast.
1: Thank you, Dennis.
0: It's great to have you. And, you know, I'm a third-generation missionary. My grandpa, my folks, uh, we've all written uh, prayer letters, we've all told stories, but the mission agency and the missionary prayer letter stories, they're different. And why is there such a disconnect or lack of funding on the part of agencies uh, to fund great storytelling?
1: Yeah, you know, I think it's just what's most urgent. And, um, I, I mean, from the things that I've observed, I've seen a number of agencies uh, invest in hiring marketing consultants who will talk to them about how to write better appeal letters and make better ass. And those are good things um, and they can yield some results. But often that comes at the cost of cutting back on general storytelling that's going out in mass media channels to the general public. Um, This is coupled with, at the same time, the U.S. church having less interest in missions and fewer people going to church. So you have like these two things happening at the same time where mission agencies are kind of trying to deal with what's urgent Um, and trying to meet their financial needs in the fastest, most efficient way. And then just the available information and stories about what God's doing around the world are just lessening through other channels like the church.
0: So do you find that uh, this problem is only in mission agencies, or does it also affect denominations, and does it affect the local church? Because I don't think my church really tells great stories as much as they could.
1: Yeah, it's it's very interesting because the research that's coming available is showing that younger people and people from a variety of other ethnicities are much more interested in stories than a lot of western white people are. And I and I think uh that that is a shift in culture back to kind of uh where all of us were before the enlightenment. Um that and and we see that in scripture as well. God tells much of who he is through narrative in scripture. I mean, we also have, you know, uh Paul doing a lot of expository preaching in his letters. Um but that's also coupled with the narrative of Acts. So we have kind of the backstory of his letters and we have both of those parts. Um so Uh, I just think, um, I think when resources are tight, it's easy to focus on the things that will get you the, what you think is the largest return with the the least amount of effort.
0: They think, you know, the immediate return on their investment, but they're not thinking long-term because good stories could really enhance the fundraising, the response of the people reading the story. But I think many times they don't think long term and to build that uh, trust and that vision for what they're doing.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. Let me also just jump back to your last question, too. I think um, in evangelical churches, we have a great focus on uh, preaching from Scripture, which I absolutely support. Um, And a lot of people, you know, we want exposition from Scripture. Um, But there's a missing piece here in our discipleship model, and that is that people actually get transformed through stories, Um, And so when we share kind of our knowledge and our facts, um, but we don't really couple that well with stories, we don't help to develop people's imagination. People live life based on the stories that they hear and the stories that they're telling themselves. And that's kind of where things are at. And so if we really want to see people change and be transformed, we have to shape their imagination.
0: Right. I just read the book, Growing Givers' Hearts,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: is he thinking long-term, and you want to grow the giver's heart as biblical stewardship wants them to be involved in, uh, in stewarding resources and assets and abilities and talents and giftedness and finances. But a lot of times we are short-sighted and just want that dollar for the end-of-year campaign or the, uh, the Giving Tuesday or whatever the yes. immediate project <laughs> is. That's right. So... Is it the church's job to educate, or is it the mission agency's job in terms of missions? Uh, Who should be telling the best stories, or they should all be telling great stories?
1: That I think it's the latter. Um, and I and I think this also brings up how we tend to like separate church and parachurch when when we're all the church and we're all right. participating together. Um, so yeah, we need we need the church to be uh, participants and good storytellers, but mission agencies need to do that too. And I think as mission agencies just recognize um that. Uh, Their ministry is not just to the people out there that they serve in another country, another place, another culture, but they also have a ministry to the people who are current constituents and potential constituents who want to participate from their home base uh, in in other ways, through funding or prayer or maybe potentially joining in the future.
0: So let's uh, talk a little bit about, maybe go a little deeper in this, that there's not Christian journalists being prepared, maybe in our Christian universities, our Bible colleges, uh, maybe the local churches and encouraging people, to, uh, Christians or young people to go into journalism, Christian journalism. Uh, so there's a lack of really professionally qualified people.
1: Yeah, I mean, there are different. I mean, I went to a Christian college. I went through a communications and journalism program. It was wonderful. I had great uh, professors um, and learned a lot. And that kind of shaped my whole future. Um, And there are a number of Christian colleges that do do that. But I think that there is a a pervasive kind of attitude uh just about the media in general and that impacts us kind of encouraging Christians to go into that sphere I mean some people would say like journalists are the enemy of the people and and I don't know I mean maybe some are I don't know but but that kind of attitude can impact um the way we use that channel or see that as a kingdom Channel uh, mm-hmm. we Christians in secular media and in sacred media. We need them uh, participating as storytellers in every venue.
0: So I'm curious, you know, because I'm a missionary kid, uh, and i a missionary for 27 years in Africa, now 20 years with Sat7, and tell a lot of stories. We do a monthly letter, e-news. What's the difference between me telling my story and an agency telling their stories?
1: Yeah, that's an excellent question. I mean, both are needed and certainly missionaries who can tell their story, they're reaching out to the grassroots, uh, to the people that they know and sharing their stories with that. But from an organizational level, um, organizations have have access to larger audiences and mass communication channels that individuals usually don't unless they're really well-known, you know, people who have like their own personal brand and, you know. Mm -hmm. Most missionaries don't have that. Uh, And so, when mission agencies are able to really see their mass communication channels and their connection to a broad constituency as a strategic discipleship area and ministry area, they can have an impact in shaping the imaginations and discipling their constituency for greater involvement in their organization or in a wide variety of aspects of God's mission.
0: So you must have seen a real problem because in 2018 you started Le Motif, uh, an agency to help agencies tell their stories, or Christian nonprofits, uh, not just agencies, but uh, to help them tell their stories. So talk to us a little bit about why you created Le Motif and what's your purpose in Le Motif?
1: Sure. Yeah. So I started Le Motif in 2018, just recognizing, yeah, that a lot of the people who worked in communications like I did just did not feel uh, fully supported by their organizations. I saw a lot of cutbacks on staffing uh, in the areas of missions communications. Um, And I just thought, I mean, what? what can I do beyond just the one organization that I was part of across organizations to be able to be like a cheerleader for nice. missions communications and advocate, um, and to really kind of bolster this area. Cause I saw no one else doing that. Um, and I thought, you know, I, even when I was at uh, with Wycliffe, when my husband and I were working with Wycliffe, I was already doing this. I was reaching out to communications um, professional, you know, missionaries working in that area, working for other agencies and finding, trying to find ways to help us to connect. And I thought, oh, I, I could really kind of hone in on this.
0: Yeah, very good. And uh, you work mostly with Christian nonprofits or mostly with agent mission agencies?
1: mostly in the area of missions. Um, These days, a lot of my work takes place on the Missio Nexus platform, uh, which graciously provided me with space there to be able to connect with all of their agencies. And I I do um, not on their platform. I I connect with a number of um, networks of mission agencies as well, just helping these networks consider how do they communicate about a common cause, not just an organization.
0: I think uh, a lot of our podcast listeners maybe don't know what Missio Nexus is, so ma- explain Missio Nexus, and then your role is editing the Evangelical Missionary Quarterly. So what is Missio Nexus, and then what what is that Quarterly uh, magazine or article that you put out?
1: Sure. So, uh, mission Nexus is the largest network of North American mission agencies. I'm not a part of their staff, um, but I am, uh, Le Motif is a member organization of Missio Nexus. Um, And they had contracted me to lead uh, Evangelical Missions Quarterly, EMQ. EMQ is the oldest, most widely circulated professional journal for North American missionaries. It was started in 1964 by Jim Reepsum as uh, a product that came out of IFMA and EFMA. Um, It's had a number of different publishers through the years. And uh, Missio Nexus brought it back in, in, um, I believe it was 2018, Uh, And so it kind of went back home to where it started.
0: I know I've read it for decades and decades and uh, appreciated it. What do you want to accomplish by uh, that uh, uh, Evangelical Missionary Quarterly?
1: Yeah, so um, my involvement with EMQ uh, started about two years ago. And and my vision was um, to help more people to be able to share their ideas and um, stories uh, through EMQ. Um, I've, over the last two years that I've been editor of EMQ, I've been able to help um, almost 200 people be able to publish um, in EMQ. Most of those have never published in EMQ before, and a huge part of those have never published ever before anywhere. I'm an editor, (laughs) I I love helping people to work through their ideas and stories and um, make them uh, work well, uh, communicate well to the public. And there are so many missionaries uh, who have tremendous knowledge um, all over the world. And uh, they struggle because writing doesn't come naturally to them. No one's ever challenged them to, to write something before um and i always tell them you know what don't worry you're an expert in your area i'll help you uh to get this in good shape so it's ready for publication we'll work on this together
0: well thank you for your important work and helping so many people how can people learn more how can our podcast listeners learn more about uh, the motif and uh, what you're doing and some of the resources that you provide
1: Sure. You can find things on the Le Motif website. That's L-E-M-O-T-I-F dot org. Um, And if you want to learn more about EMQ, subscribe. Many missionaries are already in an agency that's a part of Missio Nexus, so you can download it for free. And if not, the subscription is not very expensive. It's emqonline.com.
0: So thank you for joining us on the Unconventional Ministry Podcast and uh, it's a very important ministry to write and uh, tell stories and I trust the podcast listeners We'll take advantage of the resources you have and also subscribe to the EMQ magazine, uh, digital magazine. It's not printed anymore, I don't think, but...
1: Uh, we publish on Amazon so you can buy individual copies. Yeah, There
0: you go. Yep. It's, it's 2023, we publish on Amazon now. So again, <laughs> thank you for joining us and I'll put the notes in the description of the podcast so people can find it. And so again, thank you for taking time out to join us and uh, hopefully our podcast listeners will become great storytellers.
1: Yeah, thank you very much for having me.
0: This is the Unconventional Ministry Podcast. If you've enjoyed this conversation, please share it with your friends and leave a comment. SAT7 is a Middle East and North Africa broadcast media ministry, making God's love visible and the gospel available to everyone in the Middle East and North Africa. SAT7 USA has resources in helping you honor God while protecting your family. You can avoid another regret which is the failure of not creating an estate plan. Through a partnership with Financial Planning Ministry, SAT7USA provides Christian experts to assist you in preparing your will or trust all at no financial cost to you. Visit www.sat7usa.org and click on the tab Planned Giving for more information. SAT7 simplifies the process and makes it easy for you so that your family and friends don't have to bear the burden and regret of your failure to create an estate plan. Thank you again for joining this episode of the Unconventional Ministry Podcast.